0: Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show that follows the journeys of two independent iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England.
1: And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer from Leicester, England.
0: Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our independent journeys. Alright, so this week we thought we'd talk about the uh, latest Apple announcement... Stressed the word announcement, not event, as we might have been <laughs> expecting. Um, we thought we'd just run through what we what we think about all of what was said. Um, kicking off with the red iPhone, um, Dave. Do you want a red iPhone?
1: Um, had I not already got the iPhone Seven, then yeah, I might actually have been in the market for a red iPhone. But the big caveat for me would be not with the white front. Um, I think the way they've made it is, is is really... So, no, I wouldn't be in the market for this particular one. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that really, really would like it if it was a black-fronted phone with the red back. How about you?
0: Uh, yeah, categorically, no. I would not buy that phone at all. I, I just couldn't have a white-fronted phone, um, period. Although I did see um, a YouTuber. He bought an iPhone a jet black iPhone seven and a product red. And because the touch ID sensor is mapped to the logic board, so you can't swap them out, I guess for fraud and security, that kind of thing. Essentially you had to, um, take all of the innards of the jet black iPhone seven and put that in the case of the red iPhone just to get a black front on it, which, um, Yeah. <laughs> a total waste of an iPhone, but nevertheless, it looked really good. Ultimate kit bash. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah, a whole iPhone Seven essentially went to waste, but the end result was uh, impressive. I-, I think it definitely looked way better than the white one. Um, it seems I like they've missed. I wish they would do more black fronted iPhones, just so that if, if it feels like as if as soon as you go away from space grey. You you just have to have a white fronted iPhone, which means to me all of those colours are just off the table. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think the, the biggest thing is that when the phone is off and you've got a black fronted one, it just looks like one sort of continuous sheet of uh, like glass, doesn't it? Yeah. Whereas with the, with the white one, it, it just you've got that cut out of the screen, and it just you got the cutouts for the cameras and the proximity sensors, and ugh, no, thank you. Not interested. So, so moving on. <laughs> moving swiftly on. They announced um, a new iPad. Now, I know you've got some thoughts on this, haven't you? I, I uh, do, Because yeah. we've spoken a little bit as the announcement was made. I was um, really quite impressed, but I don't think you were as much.
1: It sort of feels... Um, I don't know how to put it. It's kind of um, like the footballing term of a game of two halves, you know. On the one hand, I can absolutely see where the new iPad kind of sits. You know, it's replaced the iPad Air and that kind of range, replaced the Air 2. Um, And it kind of sits there as being the perfect sort of upgrade for people already on that kind of cycle. You know, it's it's cheaper than the Pro and what they brought it in in the UK, it's 330 odd pounds sort of starting off with. Um, I think that's for the 32 gig model. Um, and so I can absolutely see where it sits, but they've kind of put this, this delineation in there so that it's, it's not a pro, so it cannot use the Apple pencil. Um, and obviously it doesn't have, um, a smart connector either, so you can't use the smart connected keyboards. I'm kind of less bothered about that. Uh, but for me, I've, I've kind of been looking and hoping, um, that the pencil starts to become across all of the iPad range really don't sort of see why they can't be sort of pushing things in that direction. Um, and I, I guess, I mean, I'm guessing from, from Apple's perspective, it really is about keeping the Pencil as being a pro-only product, and that kind of naturally pushes people towards the iPad Pros. Um, yeah, so on the one hand, I can see where it fits. I can see the sort of kind of market and demographic they're going after there. And on the other hand it, it kind of irritates me because it's one more iPad that the pencil doesn't support. Um and I was kinda of hoping that every new iPad would. Um
0: Yeah, I they they have to leave that out, I think, just to make it clear that it's not an iPad Pro. Yeah. I, I think they need to have that there as a line, don't they, to say if you if you want this stuff you need to go up to the next iPad. Um I think it's a great a great iPad. I think it's going to be... Um, I think they're going to sell a ton of them. Um, it, it's the kind of iPad that I would recommend to family members. Yeah. Um, I mean, that there's some sort of bells and whistles that have been taken out. For example, um, the way the screen is manufactured, it's no longer... I don't think it's laminated, is it, like the iPad Pro, whereby no. the gap between the glass and the display is really, really tiny. Um, so... Yeah, you don't have that. I don't think the screen is as um anti-reflective. And interestingly, it's slightly thicker and heavier than the iPad Air 2 that came before it. All right. Um on the flip side, it's got an A9 chip in it, um which is really nice. And crucially, it's only 339 pounds. Yeah. Um I think that's a, a big deal because that is a lot nearer to 300 than 400. Yeah. Which psychologically, I think is quite important.
1: Yeah, very much, and it, it kind of means that the low end, well, that the entry level, if you like, for the iPad, it, at the moment is very much not around the iPad Mini. That's interesting. It sort of seems to be again they're kind of pushing towards the, the nine point seven sort of size.
0: Yeah, what well, I don't know what's going on there because that iPad Mini now the entry level to that is almost a hundred. Well, it's eighty pounds more. Yeah. So to get a an iPad mini now, you're looking at 4 four nineteen um, in pounds. They discontinued the 32 gig, so you can only jump in on the 128. Yeah. Oh, so I, I wonder if this is just a, almost the, the beginning of the end for the iPad mini, perhaps?
1: It could, be. It could also be that there's um, an update to that sort of coming um, mid-season again, kind of in, in probably five or six months' time. Um,
0: Seems odd, though, how they would discontinue the 32 gig.
1: Yeah, yeah. Does it? It feels, like I say, it feels very much that this new iPad it is very much trying to sort of define that that entry level um, sort of end of the market for the iPad. Um, I guess what is it we've got here? Could we dub it the the iPad SE? Is it, is that what this device is? <laughs>
0: yeah, I suppose you could. <laughs> I suppose you could, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but I I'm afraid I think I'm gonna be uh sort of salty about the uh, about the lack of pencil support for a while. Um I have a, a youngest child, he's seven, um, who loves to draw. Um but unfortunately I can't justify um can't justify the pro level of cost for a device that he's sort of gonna dominate for doing all his drawing on. Um, so kind of from a very selfish point of view I'm looking out for a, an entry level for for him for use with the pencil sort of over the next year or so um, I'm guessing that may, might be keeping an eye on the refurb machines when the when the pro is updated
0: yeah I think that's that's going to be your I, I don't think you're going to be finding a pencil on, on the consumer level iPad anytime soon I think I think it has to be there strategically, or has to not be there strategically to make to make the jump up to the iPad Pro seem more justifiable. Yeah, um, and for me at the moment, they're going to have a hard enough time convincing me of that with the pencil. So <laughs> they definitely <laughs> need to not let the regular iPad have that. Yeah. Um, speaking of the iPhone S or the iPad SE as you dubbed it, the iPhone SE has now lost 16 gigabyte, which is, uh, I believe. That means there's no longer an iOS device for sale that has 16 gig. So that's got to be good.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. That's a, a I, step I think in the right um, direction. I,
0: yeah, I. Whenever people would say to me, "Oh, yeah, what? Which one should I get?" I, I just couldn't recommend the 16. I just couldn't at all. It seemed, seemed like I'd be, uh, yeah, they'd come back and be like, "Why didn't you tell me to get the bigger one?" Um, it's just not enough is it now no not enough at all
1: no it's not and I think what we'll see is that 32 kind of holds its own probably for about another year or so um but depending on you know kind of the way things go really even then I think 32 could start to feel tight for some people um certainly if you're taking a lot of photographs taking a lot of sort of high definition video um it, you know that marker is going to just keep going up and up over time um so i think yeah again it's
0: it's only going one way isn't it it
1: is it and it really does depend on how the person uses the device as well um you know i mean if you are the sort of person who wants to take a hell of a lot of photos and keep loads of them and take higher and higher definition video then yeah you, you can't just go in on the entry level
0: Okay, so probably the most um, interesting thing that came of the announcement from Apple was the fact that they didn't do a media event. Um, it's kind of become the norm that around March time, um, a media event takes place. Um, but we we didn't get one. So I've got a few theories bouncing around as to why that may be. Um, Dave, do you have any thoughts before we d- div- dig in?
1: Um...
0: Only the yeah, I was
1: kind of surprised it wasn 't going to be more of an event event, as it were, and it was such a sort of silent release to the the store um, i've got I have a couple of theories as well, but um I think I'll let you lead with yours, and we'll we'll, we'll see where we are
0: yeah, I mean first of all, I, you could take that it's it 's worrying because they 're breaking tradition and they 're not having an event, therefore that suggests that they they don't have anything much to show us and I think in this case they probably didn't. It was minor updates to the iPad um, and the iPhone SE um, and obviously the the product red iPhone was a fairly headline feature. Um, Yep. Or the other other side of it is and this is the way I tend to look at it is I would almost look at this as good news that they didn't have an event Um, almost like this means that they're, they're busy working on something you know, much bigger than than what these products were. Um, yeah. And hopefully they've got something more coming later in the year. Um, and I really, for their sake, I really hope they do. Because mm. I think they've got to tick a lot of boxes this year. Uh, I think the expectation in a, in a range of areas is very, very high. Um, and in some cases, I think some people are going to be very aggravated at the lack of progress in some areas Um, yeah so I hope the fact that they didn't have an event is kind of evidence that you know that they've got their heads down working and they're they're pushing forward on on new products that are going to come later down the year and and we'll we'll look back on this as a good thing or even better probably not even remember that it happened Um, yeah the lack of a media event will seem massively insignificant once we've got whatever the new iPhone's going to be in our hands and, and you know we're, we're all looking at those and going crazy um, yeah but yeah for me uh, th- there's, there's there's some three areas for me that I feel that I would like to see the boxes ticked um, just very briefly those three for me are a, the new iPhone whatever form that takes um, a desktop Mac. Again, in what yep. in whatever form that takes, because that's also up for debate, right? Um, yeah, very much. <laughs> and finally, Siri. I, I think that that needs to get better quickly. To be perfectly blunt about yes. that. Um, but starting yeah, I mean, st- starting out with the iPhone, um, I think the biggest thing they need to do is to get a new industrial design for for the new iPhone because. Yep, not just for the for the 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 much rumoured five point eight inch OLED iPhone, because I think it stands to reason that that would have a, a new form factor just purely because of the way it's going to be built, right? Yep, um, but so presumably they can do a seven S and a seven S Plus alongside this that's kind of what what i'm that's what i'm picking up
1: seems to be the latest rumors that i've seen sort of seem to be indicating that is going to be what happens yeah
0: um a rumor i heard was that it may keep the same form factor as the seven yeah which would mean that would be what the fourth generation of an iphone that's had you know for the most part the same industrial design
1: yeah, it'll feel like the longest run, I think, it will be as well throughout the history of the iPhone. Yeah. In terms of successive generations.
0: I, I think they've they've got to sort something out there. I think that... I remember when the iPhone 6 came out, and you know, I still have my iPhone 6 right here in front of me. I remember looking at it thinking, I'm probably going to look back on this phone as a low point in the design of all the iPhones. <laughs> and yet that seems to be the form factor that they've carried through for three years potentially now into four years um, yeah I don't, I don't know I I look back on my iPhones and I think my the fondest memories I've got of an iPhone design was probably the probably the iPhone 4
1: I think it was the uh, the 5S for me really? yeah
0: how's that? is that because uh, of the uh, the, the uh, chamfered edges and and the the blocky yeah. design of it
1: chamfered edges the metal sort of design of it um and then just at the time that the 5s was um, sort of quite a jump in speed for me um i just i was kind of in the early days of developing go vj um and i noticed the sort of speed bump in terms of like the way the videos were playing back and the effects were running on the phone um So, yeah, I've I've still got my 5S, actually. It's my sort of beta testing device.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I I don't know. I just think they've got to... Even if they do this awesome new iPhone edition, iPhone X, iPhone whatever, I I still think when they do what is going to effectively come in at the level of the 7 and the 7 Plus now, I still think that could do with a shift in, in... in industrial design just to shift it along because I remember I, I purposely didn't buy the iPhone seven because I thought, well, it looks like my iPhone six and my six is fine. It's me. It's a little bit slow, but it's fine for another 12 months. But I guarantee yeah. had they come out with a new, a new industrial design for the iPhone seven, I would, I would have one next to me right now.
1: Yeah. Um, it'll tip that tip, that balance. And I think a lot of people are in that boat, um, to be fair. And I also think that, you know, if you look at the way a lot of the sort of competing Android phones have ended up looking in the last couple of years. um, I mean, I I know fans of Android who will probably rip me apart on this, but it does feel very much like Apple led the way in terms of um, a lot of the designs I see now are kind of almost me too to sort of the, the, the iPhone 6 kind of design and onwards. Um, the Pixel, to me, looks like another iPhone sort of design. Yeah, uh, I saw an example. ad for that the
0: other day and thought I was looking at an iPhone just, just for a moment.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think Apple needs to lead that that sort of narrative and that conversation again. Um, and I suspect if it is going to be sort of, you know, an iPhone with almost edge-to-edge uh, sort of stuff going on in terms of the screen, um, or if the... Um, home button starts to become embedded within the screen itself as well. I think those would be radical enough. I think that would be enough to sort of start pushing along the next next wave of design. Um, it could still be the same kind of size, um, but in terms of the overall sort of model itself and the way it looks and the way it feels, I, th- I think they could be setting a new thing there. Um, I don't know. If, again, the argument could still be that they've not really broken broken the form too far from the uh, the form factor itself of the the iPhone 6 and onwards um, but maybe that's how these things these things end up you know maybe it's a case of um, as you see very much within car manufacturing now um, I hate to use the car analogy when we're talking about tech it doesn't always transfer um, but you know you do see this where you um, a model is kinda of, kinda of reaches where it needs to be. It's been tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and everything after that is cup holders and you know, fancier air con and this, that and the other, but the general shape of the car remains the same. Maybe we're we're just in that era now in terms of the way the phone is.
0: Perhaps. Yeah. Almost like the low hanging fruit has been uh, has been had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope the uh, the edge to edge is going to uh, shake things up. The uh, the iPhone, let's call it the iPhone X. I I, I hope that shakes things up. I, I think it needs reigniting again, and and I think that could be cool. Hopefully, that's what I'm going to get anyway. But it, yeah, you know, when it comes to <laughs> to, to my upgrade.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll be be scrambling to uh, to jump off of my iPhone Seven for it as well.
0: Although. It, interesting that they're saying the rumours are saying it's going to have an, an OLED display yeah no, pardon any ignorance um, but don't OLED displays suffer from image retention quite badly
1: I honestly don't know the thing I know about them is that they um, they have a much broader range of colour and that you know their, their, their blacks are able to be much darker for example, the range that you've got there in the sort of darker colours is better as well.
0: The way the um, way I think I understand it is that an OLED display, every pixel has its own light source. Yeah. As, as opposed to what we have now in our phones where there's like a common backlight behind all of the pixels. So that what that's what allows an OLED display to get its deepest blacks and its brightest right. whites. is because each pixel has its own light source so when a certain group of pixels need to be black they can just not light up and they look you know it looks like essentially the screen is off in that area which is how the Apple Watch works that's an OLED display as well in that I believe which is why if I was to quickly look at mine now there's no kind of bleeding around the edge of the screen where you might see a bit of backlight bleed come into the edges there's none of that Um, yep but then it stands to reason that if each pixel has its own light source then they can degrade at different rates which is essentially how with um, image retention on plasmas each pixel um, each each pixel sorry can um, age at different rates so if if you imagine you've got a a plasma television with a white square on a black background in the middle of the screen yeah all of the pixels that are lit white, are working the, the screen to its maximum at that within that white square, which means the white square of pixels is ageing faster than the black background that it sits on. Yeah. Which means if you were to leave it there for 24 hours, 48 hours, just solidly, those pixels are going to age and appear dimmer than the rest of the set. So when you go to watch something, you'll see the shadow of that white box on on, gotcha. your, on your regular you know tv programs whatever you're watching um yeah and then you, you you
1: bounce back to talking about something like an iphone and if that is the case with a OLED, oled yeah then you're going to see the same thing going on in terms of where the um status bar is at the top and where you know i'm, I'm looking now um at my phone and currently everything is all in white at the top and yeah, all of all of that um, text, time and everything else, that would start to burn in that case. Um, I don't feel like I know enough about the technology, actually, to be 100% sure.
0: No, neither do I. I feel like I know the headline sort of trivia, which is essentially what yep. I've just managed to very badly explain a few moments ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess almost this is a bit of a shout-out, really, um, to anyone that does know a lot more about OLED Um Am I right to be concerned? Um, I would hate for this new iPhone to come out and then for there to be loads of reports about image retention because um, that would almost be a reason for me not to get it and I don't want there to be a reason for me to not get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, in a nutshell, iPhone. That's that's what I want to see. I want to see new designs. I want to see lots of progress. I, I think the, the pot needs to be stirred and shaken shook up a bit, so um, that's what I'd like. Um, next thing we mentioned was the Mac desktop. Now, I know you've definitely got some thoughts on this. I know we've I spoken do, a lot I about do. <laughs> you're still pining after a cube, aren't you?
1: I, I, I want there to be a next generation um, next cube um, type of design. Um, I guess if we're going towards a everything being done on ARM kind of world, if that actually is the vision for for Mac computing in the future, then I would love to see a kind of massively parallelized ARM set of cores encased in a tiny box that has USB-C connectors all down the back. And that is it. Tiny little box, as powerful as it can possibly be. Potentially like the um, two Apple TVs, two current Apple TVs sort of stacked on top of each other, that sort of size. Um, I think if if something like that could exist and be, you know, powerful enough, then I think that could be really quite awesome.
0: That's quite a bold Um, vision.
1: Yeah, this is one of those what's it like to dream, hey? Yeah, right. Um, Kind of situations. (laughs) Um, I think the reality, coming back to reality... Um, I, th- I think the reality is that um, we're going to see updated iMacs. I think that's going to be the, the next big sort of thing in terms of the, the Mac desktop. I think the Mac mini is probably going to be quietly discontinued and just sort of roll off the end of the line. Um, yeah, I would agree. I think what's up for debate really is whether the um, the Mac Pro goes the same sort of route, because it just seems completely ludicrous that they're selling 2013 Mac Pros at the same price as they were, if not more, than when they first came
0: out. Well, yeah, there would be more now, because of the uh, the price increase, due to the, yeah. the weak pound, for us anyway, here in the UK. Um, I had a quick check before we recorded, and the entry-level Mac Pro is now £3,000.
1: Yeah, which is right, just and it not justifiable. used to be 2500 Yeah. Um so some has yeah, I mean, got you're to kick hardware
0: there that came out in December 2013 that's crazy
1: Yeah Um so I guess while I can I can pine after my sort of mythical parallelised arm cube sort of future which you know it's it's a pipe dream I, I don't think that's going to come out anytime soon if they ever go there Um but I guess the question is well okay if we've got new iMacs on the go which sort of seems like a given um, is there room for anything else? You know, is, there, is, is the, the one idea that has been sort of pushed around is, is this when Apple actually do sort of go for the kind of X-Mac kind of um, type of machine, which I don't think today's Apple would really do at all. Um, but, you know, the sort of general vision of that is that it's um, a Mac that's sort of, um, it's tower-shaped of some form or another, and it's using um, sort of more regular desktop kind of parts from the PC world, and there will be an ability there to be able to upgrade some of the machine at least, you know, compared to the kind of sealed units that um, the machines are becoming these days. Um, so I guess that is a question: is is there room for sort of something kind of in the middle, somewhere between what the Mac Mini is today and, and the Mac Pro, for example? Um, potentially with the ability to swap the graphics card out, would would that sort of fit fit some sort of vision? Um, again, I think a lot of people would love it, but I'm not sure it represents today's Apple.
0: Yeah, I mean the way I the way I see the Mac Pro is that the the Mac Pro is the product if you need lots of CPU cores. Yep. So no matter, you know they can bring out a new iMac next year and it will get, you know, the little speed bump that it always does. Um, but that still doesn't address that need, because you're still probably going to be stuck with a quad-core, you know, whatever, Lake, Intel on. Um, yeah. But you still can't get a 6 or an 8 or a 12-core, and some people need that stuff. Um, so that is a, currently that is a market that isn't being addressed, and not only is it not being addressed by Apple, it's almost being insulted by offering them 2013 <laughs> hardware you know the same price as it was when it came out so i't i can't i can't begin to fathom how they've reached the situation that they're at i think at the at the very least there needs to either need they they need to either at least drop the price or or just not sell it i i could not sell that machine for that price in good conscience so i no I guess their, their only justification is is that they have customers in that space that need that machine, so they are actually serving customers. But, I mean, come on, it it can be better than that, surely.
1: Yeah, it feels like they should have at least been able to have achieved some sort of speed bump for it in the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I really yeah, don't know what... Yeah, it just kind what, of speaks um, of
0: arrogance, I think.
1: yeah um, I guess I, I, I just don't know what we could sort of you know expect to actually happen in the in that specific space um, you know like like I, you say it, it's it's not the same market as the, as the iMac it is for people who need that sort of yeah, many calls at least on the go yeah um, Sort of beyond what the what the iMac can do, um, but I, I just I just don't know if they've managed to kind of keep selling it this far um, without changing anything at all. It sort of feels like whatever does come next to either knock it out of the space um, to, to completely replace it um, has got to do do quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I've got a little theory that I've been thinking about. And it kind of coincides with their exit from the external display business. So they've got LG to do this um, display that they sold along alongside the new MacBook Pros. Um, so if Apple aren't intending to make their own external displays anymore, just let's just say that for the sake of this argument does yeah. that then point to the fact that they don't really have any future intention of selling a machine that doesn't have its own display built in? Yes. Which would therefore give more... It, it would make the likelihood of there being, let's call it an iMac Pro, that would make that seem more likely and more feasible. Yes. And then perhaps they could somehow work in through you know, re-architecturing the the internals so that you perhaps could get a 6, 8, 12-core Xeon or whatever it may be in there and get it cooled effectively and hopefully semi-quietly, that then, all all those little layers start to add up into what seems like a sensible direction that Apple might be taking. It still doesn't excuse the fact that they're selling a a £3,000 computer that will be soon four years old. But I'm going to have to let that go now because that's yeah <laughs> that is what it is. But yeah, I I th- I think that's probably probably where 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 they're going. It makes me sad. I think it's a missed opportunity for them not to sell their own monitor, and maybe one day they will again. Um, yeah, because if I, I, I feel, bought... sorry, go on.
1: I, I feel the same about them not having a sort of headless Mac as well. To be honest with you, I mean, there's a lot to be said about having. Products like the Mac Mini and and the the Mac Pro, in terms of being machines that can be left running without a monitor that is always hooked up and kind of always on in one form or another, Um, and being able to you know create them, create little server farms from them and have them running in that sort of capacity as well. Um, And if they do go the sort of iMac Pro route and kind of take the Mac Mini off the market, take the Mac Pro off the market, for example, then that will be sort of an end to the sort of headless era of the Mac as well.
0: I I was thinking about this LG external display. Yeah. And it it just feels like a shame that they're not going to make their own because I'm not sure I'd want that LG monitor on my desk. <laughs> not really. <laughs> In my heart of hearts, I know I don't really want it. Um yeah. I mean, they had some issues, didn't they, with the Wi-Fi shielding? So if you put it anywhere near a Wi-Fi base station, it could interfere with it. Um, but I believe that's been rectified now. But put that aside. If I really had no other choice and I had to have one or two or maybe even three of those LG monitors on my on my desk, um, I would go as far to say that I would probably pay a fifty dollar premium per monitor to have it debranded. <laughs> just <laughs> just to just to make it look a little bit more minimalist and nicer i'm just not i don't know it just makes me sad the, the apple monitors look so good and i think that's that's all that's a big part of the apple experience right is that you have something that you're delighted to look at every time you look at it Um yep yeah every time i jump onto my iMac, there's a little part of me that thinks damn that iMac looks really good And then when I look to my right, I've got my Hewlett-Packard 24-inch display and it looks like a piece of garbage. So I I think there's something to be said for Apple doing their own monitors. Um, I just hope that, you know, I hope that they can soon again. That'd be great. All right, so number three on my list. uh, Third and final item is Siri. So... I think this year Siri has to get a lot better um, and I think it has to happen this year purely because I think products like the Amazon echo are grabbing a huge amount of space in this market very very quickly um, as as a result of of me having an Amazon echo for just over a month now I've canceled my Apple music subscription so. It's having an effect on me in that sense, and and also it feels it feels like that this is a whole new cool area of innovation, and I think Apple's missing out on it. I think when when people when people come over now and and they they see the Amazon Echo and they see what it can do, there is sort of genuine shock and awe that I don't think I've seen other people um, exhibit since the original iPhone came out and. Yeah, they saw you with an iPhone, and they're like, oh, what, what, what's that? And then you have to explain to them, oh, this is the iPhone. Or, or they know it's the iPhone, but they haven't seen one before, and there's that excitement, and you can see it. And I'm almost seeing little bits of that with the Amazon Echo. And yeah. I just think Siri has to play catch-up big time.
1: No, I'd agree. Um, I mean, we don't have anything um, of the sort of Echo kind of nature in the house at all, and I, I can't sort of currently envision exactly where that would sit, um, in terms of, of of our lives, um, in in my household. But I think, um, the general quality, and we've spoken about this before, but the general quality of Siri overall, um, has to get better, has to get quite a lot better, um, just to sort of keep pace. You know, we like you say, keep pace in terms of the way things are going on Amazon side of things in terms of the way that, um, things are going elsewhere as well. Um, I, I feel like I would personally use Siri on my phone a lot more. Um, were it just that bit more accurate, that bit more there when I wanted it to be there. Um, I still feel like Siri's quite sort of hit and miss for me at the moment. Um, so, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think this is an area that needs to um, needs to be updated and needs to be sort of playing catch-up to these other services. And I think you're right. I think this is something we could see coming. I hope we see coming sort of fairly sharpish over the next few months.
0: Yeah, and I don't know what form that's going to take because the one thing that has become really clear to me, I remember when I first got the Echo, um, I mentioned it on a past episode, and I was kind of like yeah it's cool but I'm not sure I fully get it um, yep. I think now I definitely do get it I think the the way that you interact with it has um, you know just being able to, to yell at it and have a song come on or add an item to your shopping list or even ask it what song's playing or play me a song that goes like da 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 um, and it will come on that that kind of thing has proved to me to be very very compelling So we could say, yeah, Siri needs to get better, but I think maybe Siri needs to take a different form. Almost like I know that if I'm in my kitchen, I know that the Amazon Echo is is always going to be there because that's where it lives and it's plugged in, so I know it's always going to work. I can expect a good result out of it sort of 95% of the time. Yeah. Whereas if you go for Siri... Is you know f- where where is your phone because it's the phone moves around right? Yeah, that's what that's when it starts to become a little bit confusing to me as to how Apple might address this this issue. Because if it, if um. you think about if if you've got a phone buried in your pocket and you try and summon it, first of all, it, it may may not hear you correctly through sort of your clothing. Secondly, if it tries to talk back to you, you may not hear it properly if its speaker's kind of buried into your leg. (laughs) So I I don't know if we can realistically expect Apple to come out with a a competitor to the Echo or the Google Home. I worry if they do, they'll miss the price point because, you know, you can get an Amazon Echo dot for, I think it's £50 here in the UK, which, you know, you you could almost buy that just on a lark, just to... Which essentially is what I did. I, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't really yep. sure if I wanted it, but you know it, it wasn't a, a massive amount of money. It wasn't trivial amount of money, obviously, but it, it wasn't a hu- it wasn't like a considering a, a new iPhone type money. So I, I don't know. I mean, when you consider the Apple TV is over double that price, it it makes yep. you wonder. Um, I, I don't know what what they will do. Um, then if you have any closing thoughts on this matter, <laughs> whether they'll come out with a maybe a reduced kind of Apple TV size thing?
1: Um I think they could do. Um I think like you say though, it's a question of whether they they will do. Um and again, looking at the Apple TV, the Apple TV today doesn't really compete at the same price point as you know, competing devices, does it? It's quite considerably dearer than the, the Amazon Fire, for example. Uh, the Fire Fire Stick and all of those. Yep. Um, so, again, I, I doubt that if they do come out with a, um, a sort of puck, audio puck kind of device, um, whether they'll really be competing at the same end of the market. And, again, if... Siri is not considerably better. I'm really unsure what they would be offering. Um, so it's not to say that they won't. I'm just, I'm just not sure that I, I sort of see it happening um, just yet.
0: Yeah, I think, I think this this one is where I'm, I'm, I'm a lot less sure of of what the direction might be. I feel like with the yeah. iPhone, we've got a very, you know, a general sense of where the product's going the the desktop max you know, you can have a pretty good stab at where you think things are gonna go but but Siri, um, I, I don't know what overall model they're going to take, whether they kinda of take the distributed approach where you have it on your phones and your Apple Watches and your iPads and your Macs and you kind of use the device that's with you which would be quite an yep. Apple thing to do when you think about it because that means they sell more devices <laughs> if they want you to have all these different yep. devices that could cool. have Siri, depending on what you're doing. Um, I don't know. I would almost be surprised if they came out with an Amazon Echo-style product. But, yeah, I'm wrong a lot, so <laughs> 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 make of that what you will.
1: I think uh, I think only if they kind of would team it up maybe with some of the, um, the Beats related type of type of products that are within Apple's sort of area now you know, would there be the possibility to do some sort of branded speaker and kind of bring it in that way maybe um
0: uh, that, would that an kind angle. of make yeah. sense
1: yeah um but again you know not necessarily got the association for being um
0: yeah. I hadn't thought of that yeah that's yeah wait and see yeah <laughs> Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Have you got me? You there, Dave?
1: Okay, can you hear me?
0: Almost. You're.
1: Right.